For the meantime, my dear brothers and sisters, the world is totally divided right now in several fronts. Some are in the philosophy area, some are in the scientific area, some are in the logical area. The world is basically divided, even though they have put up a thing called the United Nation. The division of the world could not be more highlighted in that thing they called United Nations. And even among our church members, even within our church, there are many things that they call schisms or divisions. There are those who are uh, right wing party, the middle party, the left wing party, and the rest who just want to be called the party. And they, 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 they do things differently, we see things differently, and what will unite us really is found in the Bible, and it is in the prayer of Jesus Christ in John 17, verse 21. He said that they all may be one, as you, Father, are me, and I and you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Here is one of the keys so that the world will believe that Jesus Christ indeed is the Son of God, and that is by His disciples becoming one. And so we ask the question, where and what aspects of life are we going to be one? And in the whole chapter of John 17, Jesus gave us some clue regarding the answer to that question. One in what? In verse 9, we were told, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Apparently, what Jesus Christ was telling the Father in the hearing of the apostles is that now they are one because they are now your properties. They are yours. The same is repeated in verse 11, and all are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. It tells me on the, my first point that what unites us really is our identity in Christ, our worth. The blood of Jesus Christ, our faith in Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus Christ unifies us all regardless of the country which we came from, the color of our skin, our favorite food, spicy or sweet uh, or non-spicy. What unites us is basically the thought and the fact that we are owned by God and we belong to God. We are united by our worth. We are not determined our worth was not determined by our bank account or by our nationalities or by the amount of money that we have or the looks of the houses that we live in we are not determined by those we are united because we know we belong to god lmi has something to say with this the secret of true unity in the church and in the family is not diplomacy not management not a superhuman effort to overcome difficulties Though there will be much of this to do, but union with Christ. Sure, we can try to be diplomatic. We can try to manage each other's anger and tantrums. But only when we are united, when we acknowledge that we belong to Jesus Christ, then there can be unity. Uh, I, I like this quote. It's a bit long, but let me read it to you from A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. He wrote, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together 
each one looking to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be as they turn their eyes to God in strive for closer fellowship. And so I, I read from the book of Max Locado when he said, you know, uh, the glory goes like this. Living above with those you love, that is glory. Living below but with those you know, that's another story. It appears that, you know, when we, when we just try to compare each other, we have different logics, different preferences, and it's all right. And, you know, I, I discover that's one of the beautiful things about ESDAC. You have learned to embrace people. You have learned to embrace differences. You, you have learned to embrace different sets of lifestyle, and it's okay as the Lord Jesus Christ has embraced us. We are united not because of our lifestyle or philosophy, but our word. We belong to Jesus Christ. Number two, we are united according to this chapter by the word of God. He, he said, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Then on another place in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It appears that the Word of God is one of the biggest binding agents among Christians that unites us. We have different sets of opinions on certain things, but everyone rests on the Word of God. Men would effect a union through conformity to popular opinions, through a compromise with the world. But truth is God's basis for the unity of His people. We are not only united by our Word, but we are united by the Word of God my dear brothers and sisters. Third one, he mentioned about being sent. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. That is repeated again in verse 21. Then being sent into the world means being one in us so that when they are sent into the world, people may believe that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of the living God. My dear brothers and sisters, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I've seen the webcast last week regarding the passion of Pastor James to reach out our community here, to reach out uh, of many people regarding and surrounding our place right here. My dear brothers and sisters, what unites us still is the passion for the work that the Lord has entrusted to each one of us uh, as long as we are here in this world. We are united by His work. When we have the same passion for lost souls, where we are concerned, then we share the same burden and the same eagerness to reach out and do something for them. That unites us all together. In John 17, 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. What unites us is our passion, our drive for a mission, our understanding that once we have heard and accepted the gospel, we have experienced it, we are rejoicing because of it. Now, we don't want to keep it on our own. And that uh, thought unites us. As a church, we are united by His work. Lastly, my dear brothers and sisters, what else unites us since Jesus Christ prayed for us to be united? In verse 24, Jesus prayed, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory 
which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. It is the desire of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that His apostles, His followers will one day see the glory that He surrenders so that you and I can make it there. We are united by the wondrous hope of the promises of the renewal of this kingdom. In 1 Corinthians 15:9, Paul admonishes us, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. We are united by the hope that one day Jesus Christ will renew everything. We are looking forward to a better place than what we have right now. All of our hearts are actually aching when one day there will be no more wars. There will be no more injustice. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. Nobody will grow old anymore. And no, no one will die. Our hearts aches and that hopes knowing that there is a better day coming ahead of us unites us all. And I, I like this uh, hymn uh, written by Annie Smith. Uh, she wrote, I saw one weary, sad and torn, with eager steps press on the way, who long the hallowed cross had borne, still looking for the promised day, while many a line of grief and care upon his brow was furrowed there. I asked what boy these spirits up, or oh, this, said he, the blessed hope. The blessed hope. We know that one day everything's going to be all right. One day we'll be reunited with James, Tiffany, and Lucas. Never more to part. We'll be enjoying the party there with the rest of the people whom we love. That, that hope, you know, somehow buoyed our spirit and enabled us to move forward with the mission that God has entrusted us. You know, that is the prayer of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you and I be united. And what unites us is our worth, is His Word, His work, and the wondrous hope that He has given us. With all this, my dear brothers and sisters, it was actually narrated right after the first communion service written in the Bible. And Jesus Christ, as recorded by Matthew, mentioned something that is totally different, which was not reported by Luke. After the communion service, uh, he said in verse 29 of Matthew 26, But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's hope, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, Judas was there. Peter is about to deny him three times there. And the rest of the apostles will have to run away and deny him and pretend that they do not know Jesus Christ. But just the same, Jesus gave them hope. I'm going to see you again, guys. I'll meet you again in Galilee. And you know, one day we'll do this, not here on earth anymore, but we'll do this communion up there in my father's house. And you know, one day there'll be no more pastors, Pastor Johnny and I and the rest of my colleagues here in Singapore conference will be amongst the audiences. And Jesus Christ will be leading the communion service. And probably it'll be the angels who will be deacons, who will be serving us, you know, with the, with the bread and the wine. I want to get there. The hope that burns in our hearts, knowing that one day there's a better place, things are going to get better because of the promise of Jesus Christ, that my brothers and sisters will unite us to look forward for the future. At this juncture, I would like to invite all of you to join in our foot washing and the communion. Never mind if you are sinful. Never mind if you have sinned. Never mind if you are struggling with, with your own drama in your life today. 
that's precisely the communion service is all about. For people who are struggling, for people who are sinners, for people who just depend only through the blood and the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The ladies will be washing their feet on the cafeteria while uh, the men and the couples uh, will be Okay, they have moved uh, someone, uh, the, the group, so the ladies will be in the cafeteria. So some of you will be on the hallway and in the exercise room. Uh, the rest will be at the back. Uh, there's no more because it's raining. Okay, so the rest will be on the cafeteria and the hallway. And thereafter, we'll be joining here for the breaking of the bread. May the Lord bless us as we do so. But they move it. Okay.
of the Lord uh, this morning. If you believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the propitiation for our sin, you are welcome to partake regardless of your denomination this morning. We have here Elder Rolf to lead us and assist us during the communion service, and he will be uh, praying for us as we prepare for our communion. I would like... I would like everyone uh, to invite to kneel as far as possible when we pray for the food and for the wine. Dear Father in heaven, we humbly come before you this morning to thank you for your love for us, a love that is so strong that you allowed your only son to die on the cross so that we would have the hope for eternal salvation. Amen. As we now partake of this bread, which symbolizes the body of Christ on that cross, and this wine, which symbolizes the blood of Christ, which he shed for us, we pray that we do this in a manner that is pleasing and acceptable to you. That we remember these symbols and what they mean for you and us, and that without Christ, dying for our sins at the cross, there would be no hope for us. Amen. These things we pray for you in the, in the blessed and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And the wine, as we also receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us now partake of the wine, which is a symbol of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One very important thing that I have noticed in this passage is what I have highlighted to you early on. Jesus Christ, knowing that none of these disciples will stay with him except for John, has given them the assurance that regardless of what will happen that evening, he assured them that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink of it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. He knew very well that the shepherd will be stricken and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But he assured them in verse 32, After I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee, where I will meet each one of you again. We are called Seventh-day Adventist Community Church, the light of this community. What assures us that we belong to Jesus Christ is not our own works or accomplishments, but we unite with His blood. We unite with the sacrifice, and we cling to that blessed hope that regardless of who we are, because it's not who we are, but Jesus Christ, we can look forward to a grand, great community with Jesus Christ one day soon. Meanwhile, uh, I would like to ask everyone to rise and to stand up. And uh, let us take into heart the promise of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here when he said, I will drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Tell it to your seatmates and within your row, I want to see you there. I want to be with your company when we will be there in the new heaven and your other robe. I want to see you there with Jesus Christ leading us in a great community. And the Lord bless you. You, you, you can leave the cups on your chairs. Uh, the deacons and deaconesses will gather it later on. We'll now uh, request our team's uh, praise team leader to help us for a closing song while our deacons and deaconesses will be collecting uh, the love offering for the poor in our community so that we can continue to help them and impact their lives, especially at this time. Thank you, Elder Rolf, for helping us today.
Let's sing our closing song, The Church Has One Foundation. Church has one foundation, this Jesus Christ our Lord. He is a new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came to sort her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one all of the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses with every grace and dude. Mid toil and tribulation and turmoil of her war, she waits the consummation peace forevermore till with the vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest all rise as we receive the benediction And now, my dear brothers and sisters, dearly beloved, purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb, may we depart from this place united in His work, united in our worth, united in our blessed hope as we await for the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.